Welcome to the Mindfulpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Alyssa Zwana. Let's get into it. Welcome back, you guys. Today's guest you are going to love. He is so sweet and so endearing and, of course, inspiring. Joshua LaBelle, he is the co-founder of Blog BOQ and Laro Communications and honestly is a living example that success can be achieved by anyone, no matter your background, no matter your situation that you're in. Um, despite having struggled with dyslexia and dropping out of high school, he's built an incredible life for himself and his kids. And he talks about how he came out of rock bottom and built this incredible successful company for him and his family. We talk a lot about mindset too, how affirmations and meditation have really changed his life. Um, you guys, his story is very, very inspiring. So Enjoy. All right, we're doing it. What's up, Josh? What's going on? <laughs> Having a good day so far, I'm guessing. It's Friday. It's sunny. I was on a golf course this morning. Things are quite good. Can't golf go course this morning? Mm-hmm. Are you a big golfer? Mm-hmm. Absolutely no? not. When I golf, <laughs> um, it's like when I swing a golf club, it's like a full body dry heave. Oh my so god! It's, it's yeah, it's not pretty at all. It's like, yeah, it's unattractive. Yeah, I I visited my sister in Florida a few months back, and like I, I'm not a golfer, but just seeing the golf course at 7 a.m. It was so beautiful with the sun coming up. It was such a vibe. I was like, hmm, maybe I should golf. <laughs> I think that's literally why probably half the golfers do golf is like it's an excuse to get outside. And I think the other fifty percent is to drink. But yeah. Um yeah. It was but yeah, we went out there to, to do some work for a golf course here locally and it was just the same scenario. Never uh... out there before. I'm like, yeah, I should golf. This is beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it's a nice day too. Cool. So you were out there for work? Were you filming something? Yeah, so we're we're trying we're doing a little bit of a trial with um, Black Bear here locally, and what we're doing is we're putting together like a, a promo video for them, a montage style of all the kind of stuff that goes on at the golf course, and um, yeah, we have a meeting with them on Tuesday to kind of uh, hopefully solidify a contract with them to handle all their contact for their online stuff. Awesome. Sounds like fun. Cool. So for people who don't know you, let us know, like you obviously have your two companies, BlogBOQ and Leroux Communications. Tell us a little bit about what those are to you, how they connect and essentially what you're doing every single day. Perfect. So what I'll say quickly is that BlogBOQ was established because at one point, um, my wife, um, obviously, I'd lived here for a few years and was kind of like, there's nothing to do here. She wasn't well connected within the community yet. This um, is like local Quinny West area, right? That's right. Quinny okay. West. And it was kind of like, you know, and I said, I, I disagree. There's, some, there's something out there. This started as a hobby. And I'm like, there's tons of stuff. I grew up around here. But the problem is it's so spread out. It's If you're from the city, everything's condensed. And that's kind of the problem where you have everything like within reach to, to do something. So you have to be a little bit more willing to get off the beaten path to find something good. 
And so we started the, the, the blog itself as kind of just a fun way to do something. And then it would have been 2018. Um, I was working for a company and got a text message on Christmas Eve. And uh, we were all told that the company was going bankrupt, which was a oh. shock because it shouldn't have been. And um, we no longer had jobs. And I had like $4,000 in my account. And can we swear on this? Are we swearing on these? Yeah. All right. Shit my pants. <laughs> totally shit my pants. And I'm like, what am I going to do? Because I'm like, at this point, it's Christmas. It's a whole time of year. Oh. Um, I'm stressing out. I'm stressing about money. Like, I wanted to buy a great Christmas. And, and I don't know what to do. And I think at that point, I was just so fed up of of the corporate BS sort of um, way of thinking of like, we're a family, we're this, we take care of each other. And in the end, it really boils down to that's not the case. So I started blog BOQ as a, as a hobby, but then I progressed and I said, you know what, there's a way to make money with this. So what we did is that we created blog BOQ to tell stories about local stuff that's going on in the area. Um, we want to introduce businesses, we want to connect people. It's just a really a community-based platform that we don't charge any money for, but what it is, what it ends up being is it ends up being our sales funnel for Leroux. Now, what Leroux is, is that that's the content creation aspect. That's where we monetize and we make money. So what mm -hmm. we end up doing with that is we will, in theory, we'll find a company that we notice needs some work with content creation and such, and we offer them a free interview, free story on that business or company or service or uh, organization. And we get there and we do the story and... Um, it goes out, goes viral vocally, and, and everybody's patting them on the back. Great story, great video. We loved it. And they're feeling really good. And we say to them, how would you like that consistently mm. for a price? And when, hey, you know as well as I do, sales is tough because yeah. walking in and trying to get to the the, 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 the the guy who decides, you know, where the money goes in marketing is nearly impossible. Um, but when you do a story and you offer it to them, you have their email, you have you know, their cell phone, you have the direct line because you're talking to them through this whole free content creation portion of what you're doing for them. Yeah. They learn to trust you, like you, because you're consistent, you do what you say you're going to do. And then you have the opportunity to say, hey, I want to pitch you a package. And they're like, you know what? Yeah, let's sit down, let's do that. And then it turns into a sale. And what we found was is that we wanted to make this affordable. Um, there's content creation companies that focus on kind of like stringent, um, specific budgets, large budgets to make a, a create a certain product service for maybe quarterly sort of idea. Um, whereas we're like, we're monthly. We want to think about what you're doing monthly because your business is small to medium. So yeah. the price has to make sense. And then when we go to pitch and you say like, this is affordable, we make it affordable for that client. Um, and they're able to one that's one less step they have to do. And then we get to work with companies like you where it's like, Hey, you know what I mean? Obviously we're going to create the brand. You're going to create all the, 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 the information that's going to be created so you can get it out there. So you, you work with a company like us, who's like, you can tell us what you need. So from that point, we start creating, um, around your branding ideas, the, the content that you guys need and we supply it to you. And yeah. it's kind of like, yeah, yeah, it's a pretty little community. Yeah, one thing that stood out that you mentioned was the fact that you're supporting on a monthly basis. And what's interesting is, 
you know, for anyone listening, typically large corporations plan campaigns on a quarterly basis and they do it kind of like seasonally and, you know, they have these big photo shoots and whatnot planned. Um, But I've actually even seen a shift in corporate because of social media and having to be on trend and really kind of like keeping up with the internet. So even, you know, one of my friends works for a large corporation and in the fashion industry and every single like almost every two weeks, I would say, they're doing like micro shoots to keep up with contents and trends. Like sometimes, let's say, um, you know, something happens on social media. Let's say, you know that show Wednesday? Yeah. It was, uh, ex- so it was a whole whole vibe, whole aesthetic, all black, this and that. And so what this company did is they created this capsule collection is what they call it and put all of these pieces together that they already had and they're already selling. Um, in order to fit this aesthetic of Wednesday. So now they're shooting models in this whole aesthetic and then creating a whole campaign around it. And they decided this and turned it around in like three days. So that just goes to show like how quickly people are moving in terms of content creation, which is um, pretty cool. Yeah. And I love also that you said that you're you're bringing clients in from one source to another. So like with blog BOQ, how did you really build up that presence and and your um I guess credentials in the industry through that because that that too it's a separate business essentially. You know, mm-hmm. you might not be collecting money, but you are needing to build that brand awareness. Like how did you get that traction for people to be able to trust you and actually want to be featured on blog BOQ? So what ended up, and I'll give a shout out to the Parsons Brewery. Parsons Brewery was the first um, local company. He basically approached them. He walked in, which if I'm going to say anything about sales, I hate walk. I hate the idea of walking off the street. Like um, a cold vacuum, call, yeah. Vacuum salesman style. I hate that. Yeah. I think that's dead, dead marketing, dead sales. So what we did, we did, we did what we hate to do. And we introduced mm-hmm. ourselves and we said, look, we're starting this company. This is what we're doing. And what is the name of the owner of Parsons? Do you remember? I can't remember right now. But basically, she worked for TELUS in the marketing department. So I didn't know that. So she had left that business and was in marketing communications. And she's like, yeah, this is a great idea. We we told her the idea of what we're trying to do because she kind of picked our brains apart. She's like, yeah, do a story. And we're like, wow, really? Okay, perfect. So... They were the first ones that gave us sort of credentials. And in fact, it was in Prince Edward County. Also mm-hmm. got some people. Um, the other aspect is that um, I have roots here. So it's a small area. Um, I grew up here. So there there was a little bit of, oh, mm-hmm. Josh yeah. from high school. That sort of connection started to happen a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was kind of really how it started. And if I could suggest to anybody that's trying to get into the content creation business, um, start small start local start in the community your neighborhood whatever um because those are the people who trust you and who will support mm-hmm. you when you're first, first starting off and you know you treat them well you do a good job they will sing your praises and you can create uh, a business that can grow dramatically and for us it's crazy right? it's crazy how fast and how big it got in the time that we started doing it we were very practical in the beginning like very practical we're like look we weren't expecting to eat. We weren't expecting, like, we were like, oh, we're going to have to, to have eat. other jobs. Yeah, like. You got to eat. <laughs> you got to eat. Like, I just, I, I don't, I felt like my business at first wasn't going to sustain my family. I, I, oh, I yeah. was honest with myself, like, I will have mm-hmm. to have another job on top of this 
and yeah. tennis works and i didn't and that's unheard of like for, mm -hmm. when you start off in this sort of business it's usually like you do some off you know uh, on the side gigs and jobs and you kind of build yourself but it got traction really quickly which was great we're so thankful for that and and we started working that way and and people started asking us you know hey can you help us out and that's kind of how Vero kind of came into the picture and we started creating these these content packages yeah that's that's really cool and you mentioned earlier about you know wanting to provide this more affordable solution so walk me through a little bit like what your pricing structure looks like if someone were to to want to work with you on a month-to-month -month basis what does that look like well we've increased our prices uh, as of recently but the the best way to explain everything is that we will offer you um, content creation which is 25 professionally edited photos shot either in the studio or on location we will offer you up to five minutes or four to five minutes of video per month which can be allocated into one minute clips or for some reason if you need to have maybe uh, an intro video to your website you can burn through that whole thing in one shot um mm -hmm. and then from that we will put everything in a google drive file we'll have a 10 day turnaround time for you you'll get your content and that's costing you 700 dollars per month um we work on six month to 12 month annual contracts um non-refundable deposit of 50 percent um when we do these these deals and yeah it, it's it's made things affordable for for people to have um and we basically put a clause in our contracts it's like if you're not happy you could stop at any time and that's kind of what you know we want people to feel like you know we don't want to pigeonhole anybody into working with us mm -hmm. that doesn't want to work with us we will bend over backwards and we consider ourselves people pleasers but if we're not a right fit for you you know then that's fair yeah and to anyone who's not aware of what video content and content creation even photography costs like companies spend thousands of dollars for something like this so like Josh and I had spoken about a week ago and when he first told me this I was like what how like how is this even possible you know I'm thinking even from like a cost standpoint from a profit profitability standpoint like what is your structure like in terms of like your team how much you pay them you obviously have to pay yourself you have to feed your family yep. like you said so how do you make this work so the best way to, to make everybody understand is we work on a volume basis as opposed to margin basis. The, the, this industry, as well as you, I know you know this, is that margin is generally the key. Um, mm -hmm. The problem is, and reason why, part of the reason why we do this is that um, we knew, based that we both worked in sort of marketing finance backgrounds before doing this, is that a bank will not give you a mortgage um, or not a very good mortgage, um, purchasing vehicles, you know, because we're all sole proprietor at this point. Mm -hmm. um, if you don't have some sort of consistency of, of money coming residuals. So we looked at this and went, okay, we want stability. We want to know where, where our money is coming from for the next 12 months. Um, and if we can get enough clientele, not only can we keep ourselves busy with a massive portfolio of stuff that we do, to attract other clients. So that's great. We're creating content for them, but we're also creating content for us. The other aspect is, is that we have the, the um, everybody outside trying to close deals. Um, the outside, usually Joe and me, Rebecca, who are doing sales pitching, but 
Um, we're taking those deposits and those deposits are going right back into the company and those paid salaries, those are upgrading equipment. And we weren't able to do that until we hit about 40 clients that are paying anywhere between 700 to a thousand, well, actually more 700 to about $1,200 per month, mm-hmm. given the size of package that they want. And then from that yeah. point, it was just kind of like, yeah, we're now we're in the black. We're, we're not, we're not making money right now, but we're in the black. And then at that point, as we get consumer confidence, we're going to increase our prices to make it more, you know, sustainable for us long-term, but also we're going to be able to create and capture more clients as we grow and move. But we were local. Now our, our 41 clients are basically from the, the Durham area, stretching all the way to Ottawa. And, and we nice. hope to, to keep on growing. Yeah, and for those of you, for those of you listening that don't know, blog BOQ because we might not have like local people in the area. Mm-hmm. BOQ stands for Bay of Quinney, right? right? Yeah. So that's kind of like if you guys are familiar with Ontario at all, it's like Prince Edward County, Trenton, Belleville, right? Yep. Ish. Cool. Yeah. So yeah, no, that's awesome. Honestly, so when you're saying you know you're talking about these numbers, like what are you bringing in? Every year, every in the year, last, like, couple of years. Well, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have to obviously it's right changed. Now. Rebecca's the numbers person, but um, <laughs> this year or this past year, um, when we finished our Q4, it was something around four hundred thousand dollars. What we ended yeah. up having um, before the tax man had his piece, of course, right? <laughs> and um, but yeah, so that kind of blew our our minds a little bit. Um, to be completely honest with you, we were so busy. At one point, uh, we didn't know how much money we were bringing in. We were just mm-hmm. put, moving the money to pay the HST. We're putting the money here to pay the taxes. We really, and we were doing it all ourselves until we had to go to a bank for a loan. And I remember looking at the numbers because um, I had to obviously catch up on my, my accounting. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah. I'm like, I had to check a couple of times because I'm like, am I? Do you surprise yourself? Yeah, I, I, did. I, really, I really did surprise myself. And I know that sounds, it's probably like bad business practice. I should have known what my numbers were because it could have been horrible. It could have been like, yo, you are leaving mm-hmm. yourself dry. But right. it's one of those situations that we just got so busy. We just, it was like, oh, every quarter we'll get this done. And we're going to the bank and we had to get bringing these numbers in and we're doing our taxes. And we're like, I was, or I think Rebecca told us yeah. when we had to pay tax. I'm like, holy, like what? Yeah. I'm like, I made me You're like, God damn. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, like that's like all of our money. She's like, no, no, no. We like need like 400,000 bucks. Like chill. I'm like, what? There's no way. Like, there's no way. So yeah, we checked it over and over. And it was kind of like a Christmas morning thing for us. But yeah. Yeah. You almost have to like hit a certain point for it not to hurt as much i feel the taxes every year that's the thing man you gotta you gotta chase that golden carrot for it to make sense you know and yeah there's there's this like weird middle ground where you're working harder but you're still kind of making the same amount of money because you end up getting taxed more and having to pay back more in taxes we got we got a funny system it's yeah (laughs) it's a funny system for sure um so that's all amazing in terms of, I guess, like your life, your career, when did things shift for you? Like, when did you finally decide to kind of take this leap? Cause you've only been doing this for a few years yeah. now. Right. Yeah. So, so what really pushed you aside from, you know, I, I know that the company that you were at was closing, but 
naturally there must have been something that you were like gravitating towards to want to go off on your oh, own. Oh yeah, like we well like so when we started it in '02 and and I said yeah we we started doing well, but like there was a year period the first year. Um, and when I say we back when I said like you know a little bit ago that you know it moved fast, I want to put that into context. Fast for me was profitable in two and a half years. Put it in context. Yeah. So that first year, it was like grocery. Like we would close a client, okay, pay the light bill. Another close, okay, pay the rent. Like we were just, it was like there was no money until there was money, and it was like I want I want to say the universe was making sure that we were covered. And it was a very tough mm-hmm. point in our lives and it was very stressful. It didn't, thank God that we have a really strong relationship, me and Rebecca. So it didn't affect us um, as a couple because we were both invested in it and we believed in it. Um, but it was tough. And like, there was points where, you know, I felt like a bad dad because I couldn't do, I couldn't afford the things to, to put my kids in sports or I couldn't go mm-hmm. take away a weekend in Toronto. Like we were focusing just on, on, eating and keeping the lights turned on and, and been able to afford rent and etc etc so there was uh, that that struggle but then uh it was yeah like year two two and a half things started that's when things started to pick up and then it was like okay we're not crazy because there was a point mm-hmm. at the end of year two that we were like you know you have to check yourself i think we all have to check ourselves here and there and it's like you can't believe your bullshit um, you gotta yeah. kind of uh, check in and be like, okay, am, is this unreasonable? And we had lots of people naysayers saying, "How about you come work for us, Josh?" Sort of idea, like, you know, you're hardworking. You see that you're talented. Maybe come work for us uh, and put the dream away. And, you know, it's kind of like, mm. no, fuck you. Like, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna do this. this is gonna, uh, there's no other way. Yeah, makes sense. What was your like first big big win? Where you were Belleville like General yes. Hospital. Belleville General Hospital. Belleville General yeah. Hospital. That was that was massive for us. They've been an amazing client. Um being their client is good for us in so many ways, not just financially, but networking within the community because then all of a sudden we were working shoulder to shoulder with everybody, every big wig in the area, every CEO that in, in industry because of donor relations that we were working with them on and creating that content. Wow. Steve Cook took a gamble on us. Um, he saw the value. He's the executive director of nothing but amazing things to say about Steve. Steve's made BGHF, the foundation, a massively profitable um, organization for for philanthropy. For there we go. And um, mm-hmm. the hospital uh, should be, you know, very thankful for what Steve's done and, and the amount of money he's been able to bring in. Um, but yeah, that was a big win. That was a lot of money for us. Um, and it was like, we were, okay, so I'll give you a scenario. So this is back year three. We're making good money. We're living in an apartment. Um, COVID hits and we, everything stops. Business, like for everybody, their business stops. We had a nice house in Quinney West. Um, brand new build in old nine yards and everything slowed down and we tried to get government money but that turned out to be a complete gong show for everybody else and I also <clears throat> at one point was like I don't trust this I feel like this is going to come back to bite us somehow mm-hmm. and it did mm-hmm. so I'm glad we never took it yeah. 
So, <clears throat> I mean, we moved to this tiny, tiny apartment above Boget. So I shout out to uh, Alex Nijin. He's a good buddy of mine. Because um, we got rid of our place. Because we're like, we had to start cutting costs. And this was like, it was like a, he's like, listen, man, it's not a very nice place. It's like, you know, I, I haven't rented it in 10 years. It needs work. And I was like, okay, we're going to take it. Three bedroom. My my wife's pregnant. Um, we moved in there and it was, it was, it was, I don't know what's the way, what's the word? word? It, it looked like poverty. That's, you know, the first time in my life I'm like, oh man, I'm like, yeah. uh, you know, like I just, it got me like. I think everybody has that one moment in their life where they're like, you know, either when you're a student or, or things, or you're leaving a marriage sometimes and stuff like that happens where you have to like, your quality of life dramatically changes. And I remember being in this apartment, I remember crying and mm -hmm. back because I'm like, she's pregnant with Remy, um, I have my other son and I'm looking and I'm, I'm struggling. And because everything's shut down and I don't know what I'm going to do. And like, like, it's not even, I can't even go apply for a job really. Right. Cause like no one's hiring, like it's, it's yeah. COVID. So I'm freaking out. And, um, I just remember thinking to myself, the minute that I can turn this around, I'm going to. So yeah. I decided that at that moment that I was going to work harder than I've ever worked. And I started networking harder than I've ever worked. And the hospital was giving us, that contract was giving us enough money to sustain ourselves um, while everything shut down because the hospital was the only one that kept on paying. And that shout out to Steve. But for that, there was a client who kept on paying through a pandemic that didn't have to. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. yeah. what we had to do for them was, the agreement was, is like we had to every month supply them with so many videos per month they'll keep on paying but what happens is the videos stack and build right so what ended up happening is, um we get around the red tape i got hired by qhc uh as an employee but not does that make sense uh, what's QHC? Uh, free healthcare that's 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 the, okay. the governing body that oversees the actual hospital the foundation actually is completely separate from um, the hospital, it's a nonprofit with the board of directors that stages themselves within the hospital. Um, as the uh, community um, coordinator, oh, sorry, what did they give me? Communications officer of, of the foundation. So I could start filming and continue to film yeah. within the hospital. Because if I was an employee, I can't be there. So it was a, it was a genius idea by Steve. Um, so I had to go through the whole process, the hiring process. I had to go through all the training. I, you know, we have to be full garb all the time. You know what I mean? And uh, mm -hmm. and so um, we were able to catch up on the videos and get things going again. That's that's what sustained us. And then the minute that there was a crack in the door for during COVID, um, surprisingly, people were anxious to spend money on marketing and online because what happened was everybody pivoted and there was a whole bunch of, of people that move their business online, recognize that they need it. If, if, if things went sideways again and, and they had to be an online business again, they wanted content. And so mm -hmm. content was, I think people had time to sit down and go, I might need this. Even though my business traditionally has been like a, a B2B business or, uh, you know, an online service or whatever. Um, 
I, I don't need it, but I might. So now I'm going to buy this. And we basically started knocking on doors through our DMs to Bob BOQ and showing our work constantly and filming and creating and doing all these things. Even when we weren't getting paid, I was filming and doing stuff. And we had a lot of content go out. And I think people were like, wow, these guys are really busy. But it's like, no, we're doing this free. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, wow. Crazy. So, I mean, you've been through it. You've experienced like the low lows. I'm sure you've had some incredible highs as yeah. well. How would you say starting your own business has kind of like affected your mindset and your career and just like your overall outlook on life? I will never, ever, ever work with someone ever again. I will never trust my future in the hands of someone else. And I recognize that the people that work for me put their lives in my hands and I take that really, really seriously. Because mm -hmm. my, my experience has been poor. Like when it comes to working for other corporation businesses, it's like they never fill their end of the bargain. And I would sell myself, sell my soul for them. I would, I was so drinking the Kool-Aid when I was in the corporate world that if they would have told me, you know, you're working X amount of hours per week to not see your family, we're sending you to San Antonio. You're going to live there for three months. You're not going to see your family. Like, if they told me to jump, I was going to jump. If they told me to do anything, I was going to do anything. I didn't question anything they said. And and then they didn't fulfill the not only the monetization aspect of what they're asking for, if I did it. Mm -hmm. um, it, it was such a letdown constantly. So I, I won't trust anybody ever again to work for them. And I really respect people who work for me and understand that they expect me to pay them what they're worth. They expect me to be fair. They, yeah. I don't bring my problems to them. Like, you know, we all know those people who come to work and it's like, clearly they're going through something outside of work, but they bring that attitude and the mentality into the office and just take it out on everybody. And it's just been such a miserable experience. Yeah. I won't do that. Yeah. I care about the people that work for me. I really do. And I, I hire people yeah. that I like not just because they're good. There's plenty of great content creators. There's plenty of great photographers, videographers, you know, but um, I have to respect you and like you outside of that. That's super yeah. important to me, you know? Yeah, I, def I definitely relate to that. I mean, even having worked corporate myself previously and kind of knowing what that's like, I think, I think there's a place for everyone. You know, like some people really love the corporate culture and like, can't work for themselves or like choose not to and that's totally cool for me though I definitely relate to you in the sense that I saw a lot of things like politically that were not great in terms of you know overworking the pressure the disrespect yeah. the lack of appreciation 100%. things like that um, so I definitely bring through the same kind of, I guess, grace in the way that I run my business and build my team at the end of the day, especially since I'm the one hiring, it's like, why would I hire someone that doesn't share similar values as me? Yeah. Right. And I think that that's so empowering to be able to choose who is in your circle and to be able to build this kind of empire and this conscious business with people who lead with integrity and really share the same mindset as you and it's just been so rewarding to be able to see my team grow and this company really 
you know, defined itself as a conscious business. Like that's a big, you know, like theme of this podcast is conscious leadership and conscious business and like what that means to people. And a lot of that is caring for people as opposed to just chasing the money, right? It's about growth in general and not necessarily just the dollar amount. And I'm a really, really strong believer that, you know, if you believe that you can get somewhere, you can. Like the belief is literally all that you need to succeed. It's just a matter of doing the things every day to get there. And the people around you have a big part in that. So definitely relate there. I completely concur with everything you're saying. All right, how you feeling? I'm feeling feel great. You feel great? Feeling good yeah, so far? Feel good. Yeah, feeling good. <laughs> awesome. So in terms of like financial freedom, let's talk a little bit about like the money in the business. So you, you know, experienced a low where you were living essentially paycheck to paycheck to support your yep. family, to feed your family. And now you've built a company that's generating around four hundred thousand dollars a year, which is absolutely incredible. So what does that feel like for you in terms of financial freedom and, you know, having the ability to maybe do things that you wouldn't have been able to do prior? Um, Initially, um, I had massive amount of anxiety, to be honest with you. Um, I had like, I'll be. I'll be straightforward with you. The, amount, the most amount of money that I ever made prior to owning a business was like $80,000. When you start seeing... Which is still me, pretty it's great. Still, it's still pretty Which great. is still pretty great. And I, and I yeah. had subscribed to the idea that that would probably be my life in a sense. Mm-hmm. And right. I didn't have any expectations um, with the business. I didn't want... I had goals. I think there's a difference. Um, I explain this to people. Expectations and goals are two different things. Don't have mm-hmm. any expectations, but always have goals. Expectations let you down. Goals keep you focused. Yeah. Right? I love yeah, that. Yeah, so and then that's kind of like how I like to explain things to people. It's kind of like, I didn't want to have that expectation. I, the money started coming in. Um, and then I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do now. Because I didn't <laughs> think that far ahead. And it just happened. Mm-hmm. So I started thinking to myself, Okay, so what do we do? What's the next step? Is it equipment? Are we reinvesting it in employees? And the first thing that was was employees. Like, and we start off with part-time employees. I mean, people we had working for us, um, even up till very recently, were kind of like thirty to thirty-five hours per week, and still making great money. But we, we wanted them to be able to have the ability to do other things as well, because I was always concerned that the tap was going to get turned off, right? So, and that's always been my fear is like financial freedom um, is terrifying in the sense that mm, I go after, that's what I want. Like my ultimate goal is to have mm. enough money, make enough money that the, the business is valued, you know, in, in the millions that I can, somebody will yeah. buy me out. And it's kind of like, well, what would you do if you, if they buy you, like, let's say your, your business was valued at 10 million bucks. And my answer is, is that I would take the money and I would go park myself and I would just, <laughs> me and my family would separate themselves and I would put it away and I would live off the residuals for the rest of my life. And that, that's it. I don't have that. I don't have the ability, not the ability. I don't care enough about being a billionaire right. to want to be a billionaire. I, I, there's a, there is a number. Is I have a, you have your number. I got my number. And I know if I hit that number, um, I'm going to surround myself with my kids 
and completely invest in just into them instead of like balancing time love yep. family that's it yeah. i'm a big sucky teddy bear i love my kids i want them to know <laughs> that their dad loves them every single day and i want them to know that i'm here that's for so them sweet and i want to be there to support i guess i want to support their dreams now right i want to be in a position where i can say what do you want to do you know what where, what are your dreams how can i help like i want to be able to do that for my kids and and, and spend yeah. time with my wife my wife is my best friend like not only is she like you know the finest thing I've ever seen in my whole life. Um, and I'm punching way up on my weight. I love that. Is she there? Is no, she there? No, she's not actually. <laughs> and, and, and yeah, she's just. That's so beautiful. She's a smoke show. And I, like, I'm like, I can't believe I'm this every single day. So, but oh, she's my best friend and she's hilarious and she's funny. And um, yeah. we really work on our relationship. We check in every day. We're constantly, our, our, our focus is on healthy relationships, communication. Um, we don't lie to each other. Like we yeah. have a problem to sort it out and we do it constructively and we don't finger point. So I would love to spend my yeah. time with her just, you know, in a tropical area, you know, on a shack <laughs> with her walking around a bikini all day eating fruit. That would be my perfect dream, right? So she's your partner, yeah. right? That's what I yeah, understood. Right. She's my partner, your partner yeah. in business and in life. Yeah. How do you how do you navigate that? <sighs> Well, at first, it was very tough um, because, again, we started Blog BOQ as kind of like this, it was like a hobby um, her. And then we started getting into business. And in the beginning, truly, like I told you, I can tell you how it is. It would be completely raw and honest. Um, we fought a lot. I had these expectations yeah. of Rebecca that uh, I was hoping that she would meet and, and they weren't practical because she didn't have the background. I'm like, well, why is it, why can't you do this? Or why is it like this? And, and, and basically one day I just said like, cause I've never done this shit. I'm like, mm. right. Shit. Like, yeah. I'm like, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, what was I thinking? Like, I'm like, I'm like hands on the hips. Like what the heck? You know, this isn't getting done and mm -hmm. this isn't happening. She's like, what are you talking? I don't even, you're speaking a foreign language to me. And so I'm like, okay, so we had to step back and I, and, and it changed our, our dynamic of the relationship. So instead of like getting frustrated, angry and upset, I needed to say when I asked her to do something, I didn't need to know or take, do you know how to do it? Can I walk you through it? You, you know what I mean? So I started teaching her and she started yeah. teaching me and. The dynamic of the relationship worked really, really well. And it still does. Um, when she got pregnant, like, my, okay, this is how much of a rock star she is. She got pregnant. Um, we had Remy. My wife, there's a photo somewhere circulating. I can find it where she's literally on her laptop in the hospital. Yep. No. Six hours after delivering my daughter, typing up quotes. Oh my gosh. Putting stuff out. She's a champion. God yeah. bless her. My, my mother-in-law wanted to choke me, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. But, uh, yeah I, I just remember thinking like, oh my God, that's one of the hottest photos I've ever seen. But that was, that was her choice. 100%. Though, right? like, Listen, if, if okay. anything, everything is her choice. I don't have a say too much. I, yeah. I do as I'm told. But, um, but yeah, no. And then, but I, what ended up happening was she burnt herself out. A postpartum hit. And oh, yeah. 
I, I basically had to step back and I took away everything off her plate because it was one of those moments where it's like another like moment of like, why did I let her do this? Like, I should know yeah. better. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I consider myself a pretty mm -hmm. emotionally intelligent person. And from that point, um, she did end up taking off the, the year and just being a mom. Good. Nice. And, and do you think but everything yeah. came onto my lap and it was like one of those moments like i said that's when you know we were figuring out how much money we made because i was i was focused on closing and editing mm -hmm. and doing everything myself and the other part was just throwing the money in the bank and and doing the mm -hmm. bare minimum hst payments and that's it right so yeah yeah and that's and then so she came back to work um like my, my daughter's in daycare and we're going through this massive revamp and my, got some great ideas and yeah we've got all this cool stuff happening yeah. so fun so fun well we're gonna wrap it up i have a couple quite more questions sure. for you we're gonna end with a segment called mindful okay. minute um this is something that i'm asking all of my guests so essentially if you had either one thing that some someone told you that would have changed the trajectory of your life or supported your growth or if you have a piece of advice that you want to give to others that would help support them in their journey what would it be manifest gonna sound corny hmm. um i've manifested everything that i've done everything how would you do um well Number one, I basically started creating um, vision boards for myself mm -hmm. and digitally. Yeah. And yeah. talk about the things that I wanted. And then I would, I would talk to myself and say, I'm going to get here. And it started off with, I'm going yeah. to get out of this, this apartment that's, you know, not suitable to raise children. I did that, got into a nice house. Um, I'm going to close this big client. I'm going to achieve, be able to afford or purchase this piece of equipment that will help my business. Um, and I would talk it into, into reality. And um, I would also meditate and, and put that out to the universe. Mm -hmm. I know it sounds crazy. I, listen, everything about to say. No, it doesn't. I, I okay. do the same. I literally do so all you the know. same things. So, Copy so paste. You know it's true. <laughs> and, 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 and the, the, the yeah. secret spice to that whole equation is it's work hard with intention as well as put it yeah. out to the universe we don't know how we're going to get to that goal you don't know i don't know we just know we're going to get there and we look at every yeah. situation every decision that we make we we carefully calculate though this is the best path to getting to that goal that i talked about so every opportunity, every right. time you have an opportunity, so I'll say to people this, every time you get a small opportunity, it may not be the big opportunity that changes your life. It may not be the huge thing that brings that big check in, but that little job leads to another connection that leads to the other connection and it's, it's momentum starts to build. And that's what you need to do is focus on mm -hmm. momentum and putting it out to the universe what you want and being confident um, and being kind and being understanding and, but I say this, and this is the last thing I'll, I'll say is, um, be kind, do no harm, but take no shit. And that's it. Mm. 
It's yeah. beautiful. It's amazing. I was actually um, talking with Natasha Credle, who was on episode three, and she was saying how everything comes from within. Like we have all of the power within ourselves to achieve whatever we want. It has a lot to do with like belief in right. yourself, um, which I feel like really relates to what you were just saying. Anyways, that was amazing. Perfect way to end the Mindfulpreneur podcast. So on brand. Josh, tell everybody where they can find Perfect. you. You can find me um, at BlogBOQ on Instagram and on Facebook, the Rural Communications, um, as well as on Instagram. And um, you can find me around probably carrying a camera here in the Bay of Quinty. <laughs> and um, yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much. That's it, everyone. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you're feeling generous, a review would be much appreciated. This podcast is brought to you by Nomad Creative. Visit nomadcreative.com for all of your marketing, branding, and social media needs.